This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to learn more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Golf Talk Canada on a Monday morning, 10 to noon today on TSN 1050 in Toronto, the iHeartRadio app online, and watching us on TSN 2 television. And Bob, look at us. Look at us. Beautiful. Shaved, <laughs> <Yeah>. haircuts, <laughs> in studio with the humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's nice to be uh, out somewhere than my uh, my little home office. <laughs> That's it. I've been sitting in that box, it seems, since the start of the year, staring at monitors yeah, and doing it's, things. It's yeah. nice well, to everybody's, be out. Everybody's doing it, but it is, it is nice yeah. to be out. It's nice to come back and see a few people around yeah. uh, the shop here. Not too many people around. Most people still obviously working very safely, but it's... Uh, it's good. Good to be here. Good now, to talk golf. Now, I will tell you this. I bet you I've got something that maybe none of our other households have, have accomplished. Okay. All right. My stepson, Marty, he's played nine holes already. What? Yes. The other. So he was, you know, these, I feel bad for these kids, right? Because they're all going stir crazy. He's 17. Sit, you know, we got him locked up in the basement and throw meat down the stairs once in a while. <laughs> Mr. Butcher. Right? Mr. Butcher down the <laughs> stairs once in a while. And I feel bad for these kids going stir-crazy. So he's been doing, like, the virtual school. Okay. He's in his last year of high school. He's chomping at the bit. You know, they don't see their friends. They don't, you know, have normal teenage lives. And he loves his golf, works at Scarborough Golf Club, right? They haven't opened yet, obviously. And he's chomping at the bit. And he goes, he found nine holes open in Pickering. And he, that was it. He's like, you couldn't. He's got his license now, his car. That's it. You couldn't strap him in. You couldn't lock him in. He would have. He would have eaten through bars to go play nine holes. That's an uh, aggressive early opening Boy. date for that golf course out there, isn't it? <laughs> Boy, I'll say. What a players' championship we had. Uh, tremendous. There is so much to get into. We're going to get into it today. Uh, before I give the lineup and we get to news and headlines, what was your just your headline coming out of this, Bob? Well, I think the JT story is is a great story. Um, you know, he's gone through some stuff off the car course. He admitted that it bled into his game. I think that's a big story. Um, I think the once again, the golf course kind of proves that it doesn't set up for any one certain kind of player because you look at that leaderboard and you see long hitters, you see short hitters, you see mm-hmm. great putters, you see great iron players. Uh, and there's very few, few courses on tour, I think, where it's harder to predict the winner than than at uh, at Sawgrass and um, listen they got a great winner with uh, with JT in this one I don't think this will be the last time we see him up near the top of the leaderboard in the next few months I I agree I think uh, maybe the lid gets popped a little here because he was playing with so much baggage to your point we will get into it today we'll also get into the golf course a bit a little later in winners weird and what as well because I'm 100% with you on the golf course the setup how difficult it is to handicap and there's some other things there too that are worth noting as well Crazy busy show for you. We have Mark McCumber, who uh, 10-time PJ Tour winner, 1988 Players Champion, who was my analyst on the radio call this week. Mark's going to join us to to give his thoughts on what transpired at a golf course that he you know basically lives across the road from as well. Just so familiar with the property. Uh, Lawrence Applebaum joined Bob and I uh, to talk a little bit deeper on the challenges surrounding the eventual announcement last week of the cancellation of the Canadian Open. Uh, we've got winners, weird and what. We're going to make a deep dive into Rory McIlroy and some very interesting comments he made 
post-Friday missing the cut. And I, I tell you, Bob, we could probably do two hours <laughs> on what Rory said and and just the ramifications and big picture of what Rory said, which is why Rory's so great, too. He gives us so much all the time. He's so honest. We're getting into that. We're going to give away a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card today. Update on 20 weeks of TaylorMate. There is so much to get to, but first, let's hit it with some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. It's starting to feel like sandbagger weather out there. When it gets a little warmer, you know, those summer cocktails, yeah. that'll be good. I'm I like our, I like our friend Aaron Grolnick who uh, tweets yeah. out every Monday. He tweets out, like, the weather for the next week, and he's very optimistic, and he tags golf courses in the afternoon. <laughs> He's dying to get out in the golf course. Don't tell him. When we were locked up last year uh, and they wouldn't let the courses open for COVID, I don't think there was an angrier golfer in the province of Ontario (laughs) than Aaron. Unbelievable. Good for him. I love it. All right. uh, Justin Thomas wins the Players' Championship. And now, Bob, Justin Thomas moves to number two in the official world golf ranking. He becomes only the fourth player in history to win the Players' Championship, a major, he's a PGA winner, a FedEx Cup. All three, only the fourth player. He joins Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Henrik Stenson as the only players to have a players, a major, and a WGC. I know WGC only has a 20-year history, but when we're talking about guys like Spieth and DJ and none of those guys did it, he did it. And uh, he did it with ball striking. He did. I mean, the uh, the, the strokes gain Tita Green was, I think, the second best, only to Stephen Ames. And it was in, like, 10 10 shot strokes gained over the weekend, which is ridiculous on that golf course. Um, but he's got a he's got a complete game, and he's a, he's a long enough off the tee. Uh, he can putt pretty well. I thought his patience yesterday was a big key. Um, getting from going those first eight holes, playing them in one over, you know, you, and hitting every green. The only green he missed was the 18th green, and he missed it by about an inch. <laughs> and and I think that uh, that the 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 completeness of that game we saw over the weekend was was. Just a showcase. Was a showcase. Uh, obviously, it's a pop. It's a popular victory. I think for anybody who's a fan of Justin Thomas and anyone who has any uh, knowledge of a kind of guy who he is, whether it be you or I in media or people obviously closer to him than you and I. But I mean, just generally speaking, anyone who touches the golf world knows that Justin Thomas is not homophobic. He has time for everyone. He he's a great young man. Uh, he got caught saying something in the heat of battle that he would like to take back uh, that had no intent. It was a slip, and unfortunately, you, you just, in the in current environment in the world, rightfully or wrongfully, that's for other people to debate. Uh, there's no forgiveness for, for any of this anymore, regardless of, of uh, your track record as a person. Then after that, his grandfather passing away, to your point, Bob, he was lugging around luggage with him, and he dumps it all this week, I think, and I think very popular. And now look out, right? You dump that baggage. You get a big win like this off your back with the guy who is maybe potentially already top five all-around golfer. Is that fair? Yeah. I, I, Could be know, a big year. I, I think I think it's unfair to say he dumps the baggage. I think, but I do, I, I mean, I know where you're going. I think what he do, he's done is now he's taken it out of his golf game. I think he is still such a, a nice, uh, good guy that he realizes he has a lot of work to do with that first part. You know, the grandfather dying, obviously, that that's, hits everybody when you have a parent or a grandparent or a relative die that's close to you. But I think what he's doing now is he's sort of maturing. He's growing up a little bit, and he's realizing that, that 
you know, there are other, you, you can separate golf from the rest of your life. It's a little bit like what Rory talked about in the last couple of years. But, uh, but obviously, I think uh, he said he was really bad guy I'd be on the golf course with because he was so frustrated and he was irritable and his caddy, Jimmy, took the brunt of most of it. But I think now what you're saying is exactly right. He's, he's progressed beyond that part. We're going to hear from Justin Thomas in the next segment. He spoke, obviously, with Steve Sands from Golf Channel post-victory. Um, you, know, you obviously watch the coverage on CTV and TSN of the Players' Championship all weekend. We'll get to uh, Justin Thomas' post, uh, post-tournament sound as well as get to Lee Westwood and Bryson DeChambeau because uh, two big stories there. DeChambeau, another chance to win. Westwood, back-to-back weekend, second place, playing great at age 47, about to be 48. Incredible. But big story, obviously, for Canada. Corey Connors. His fifth top 10 now uh, of the season, still waiting the second victory. But a Sunday 66, and you know he was your uh, value play this week on TSN Edge. We all liked Corey Connors because we all said it's going to be a ball striker. We did get a ball striker, the one. We got Justin Thomas. It was a ball striker. It wasn't a putting contest. That's the beauty of the player championship, and that was the beauty as to why Corey Connors, not just because we want to see him do well, was a, was a very smart pick, Bob. And he proved it with a 66 on Sunday. Now, uh, maybe if he posts the last three holes, I would love to see him uh, birdie 16 and maybe put a dozen deep on the board, give somebody something to shoot at. He kind of limped home a little bit, 16, 17, and 18. But that doesn't take away from a 66 and great play. And I expect big things over the next three, four weeks from Corey Connors. He's, uh, He's really impressive right now. And you can really see the confidence in him. And I love the... Um, the intelligence in his game. He's not, he's not taking on shots that he can't play. He's not taking on too many risks. Um, I think the way he's staying to his game plan just shows how mature he is. He knows what he can do. But um, I think the putting is obviously the big part of his game. It's, it's showing up now. Now, there was a couple of blips yesterday, I thought, and a couple of good ones. You're never going to make them all. But if his putting is 50% improved from what it was a year ago or two years ago, Man, and, and look look where he is. He wants to play with the big boys. He wants to be in those big tournaments. So he's got a, the match play coming up. He's going to defend at, uh, at Texas, and, uh, and he's going to have the Masters where he was tied for 10th in last November. So, I mean, a lot of good things to like about him. The other thing I like about it too, Bob, is that when you do it on ball striking, it travels well. Mm-hmm. You see guys that, that rally up and rack up top 10s on the West Coast swing when they're playing POA and playing on, on the West Coast, and then they vanish in the Florida swing, and they, you don't see them again until you get to the Texas two-step. And then the vice versa. You see guys, they get on Bermuda, they get back in Florida, and, and then they vanish when the, the tour goes. Ball striking, Corey Connors, guys like that, Justin Thomas, etc. that stuff travels. You can play a 12-month schedule and do well everywhere. Okay, what about the names that miss the cut, Bob? Oof. We're going to get into Rory later about some of the comments he made. But what a horrific performance by Rory McIlroy. We've got Tony Finau, who was one of the hottest players in the world coming in. Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, Tyrrell Hatton. Um, what jumps out at you? Uh, the most shocking name to miss the cut or the biggest flag? For me, it's obviously Rory, but there's more stories here. Yeah, how, how does everybody like their golf pools? I mean, I'm <laughs> I sure got a lot of guys, I did too. I got destroyed this week. <laughs> I had a six-person team that got down to two people very quickly after <laughs> after Friday's round. Uh, I don't know if I could pick one out of there, honestly. Probably Finau, I guess, but I thought also Shoffley because I thought you know, good ball striker, and, and I just, I don't know what, where you look and pick out which one of those is more surprising. 
to see you could see one maybe missing the cut having a bad day or a bad round but wow like all those guys down the bottom was just shocking to me yeah it was unbelievable I, I will say this you and I both said a couple of weeks ago that we felt that Justin Thomas would come out of this the, the slump quicker than Rory because we thought the thing with Rory went deeper and that the wound with JT was was one that's recent and once he figures that out and gets past some of the stuff that he so we were right there. We were wrong on a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> All right, quickly, before we go to break, Bob, uh, some scrutiny at uh, the Tiger Woods investigation coming out of the Los, An- uh, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Yeah, they're taking another look at exactly what happened, and they were sort of uh, the people who are analyzing, the people who are analyzing it, essentially. You know, they're, they're looking at, um, was it, should they be looking more at, at causes for this accident? Should there have been a little bit more uh, scrutiny as to if, if Tiger had anything in his system or anything. They don't seem to be. There was no real idea about it, but there's a lot of people now wondering uh, if they did a full investigation. They are still undergoing the investigation, so we'll probably learn more as to what was the cause of the accident. Um, but at this point, there's some, yeah, it's a few, I think a few question marks as to, as to how the police handle things. Well, we'll have to keep our eye on it, and hopefully, and I believe he's still on the West Coast. He hasn't been tra- uh, transferred home yet, has he? Well, Rory said after his round on Friday that he was been texting with him, and he thought it was going to be a week to 10 days before he was going to go back, That's but it right. won't, will be soon. Will be soon. All right, and speaking of Tiger's hometown, of course, the PGA Tour will head now to Tiger's hometown, the Honda Classic just down the road, PGA National, the Bear Trap. We will preview PGA National and the Honda Classic this Wednesday on TSN TV for Golf Talk Canada Television. And we'll take a look at how hard that bear trap actually is as we come from the final three holes at TPC Sawgrass, which might be the best finish in golf. And one week later, we might get to the the toughest three holes in a row on the PGA Tour. We'll jump into that. On the other side, DeChambeau, Westwood, and we'll hear from the champion. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade. Experience the drives every golfer wants to hit and no golfer wants to follow with the all-new Sim 2 driver, only from TaylorMade. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to learn more. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zakito Weeks in studio. Scully going to come by for hour two. We got tons to get to in hour two. What comments from Rory McIlroy, winners, weird and what. Lots to chew on there. Lawrence Applebaum, CEO of Golf Canada, dropping in for hour two as well. So much to get to uh, with this weather rolling around. The other thing, too, speaking of smartgolfdeals.com, we got to keep our eye on course openings. Yeah. I reached out to our friends at Woodington Lake the other day. They don't have an opening day yet. They're saying hopefully soon we'll have some information there. And as Woodington Lake would open, being up in Tottenham, you got to think that other courses are thinking the same time. Niagara. Niagara is gonna, always going to be a little yeah. earlier, you would think. So. Uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, our friends out in the West Coast watching us on TSN2, listening to us on the iHeartRadio app. I know they're playing golf in Victoria and playing golf in other parts of Canada, so good for you and enjoy it. All right, Bob. Justin Thomas, uh, before we close the door on JT and talk uh, Lee Westwood and Bryson DeChambeau, uh, let's hear Justin Thomas, Golf Channel, Steve Sands, post-championship players win. We saw the reaction after you made the putt at 17, and then we saw the emotion pouring out after you avoided the water on 18 off the tee. What is it like to try to finish off a player's championship with this type of intensity and pressure? 
I tell you what, it's a lot harder than when there weren't fans here, that's for sure. And I'm so happy they're back, and I'm so happy to be a player's champion. Um, I fought so hard today. I stayed really patient. Probably one of the best rounds of my life, Tita Green. I uh, total control of the ball and really was hitting a lot of good putts. Just wasn't holding anything, and I stayed patient and stayed patient. And, um, you know, I've seen some pretty crazy stuff on TV happen in the past on this back nine, so I was glad to be on the better side of it this year. You're really close friends with Tiger Woods. You've been in constant contact with him since his car accident. What do you think he's saw from you today uh well you know i, I was replaying of, of what he told me a lot in my head and just and uh you know he likes to give me a lot of grief especially when he's when he's not here and um you know like i think like calling in like bryson said you know we're all pulling for him and uh i'm so glad to hear everything's been going well with him but uh yeah part of me part of me wishes he was here so i could rub it in his face a little bit more but um no i'm happy and i hope he's happy and uh, i always appreciate his help you alluded to it there in a golf perspective what has he been telling you uh, I mean, just to stay patient. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of stuff, but, you know, it's between us. And um, he's just, it, it's great. I mean, he's so nice to myself and Bryson and so many guys out here that, you know, if, if you would have told us when we were, you know, 15, 20 years old that Tiger Woods is texting us the night before, we have a chance to win the tournament, you know, trying to inspire us. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Family is an enormous part of your journey in this game. You lost your grandfather, who you were very close with a couple of months ago, right after we saw you in Scottsdale. How much of a part of him was with you today? Yeah, um, a lot. Um, yeah, I, uh, I wish I could talk to him, but um, I know he's I know he's watching. Well, very emotional win. Obviously, uh, when Steve Sands brings up his grandfather, lost. They have a, a rich heritage with the game of golf, with the grandfather, his father. Uh, lifetime members of the PGA of America. So good on Justin Thomas. He becomes only the fourth player in history, along with Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy, and Henrik Stenson, to win a Players' Championship, a Major Championship, and a FedEx Cup. Okay, flipping the page on Justin Thomas, let's start with Lee Westwood. This is a Lee Westwood golf course. you got to think. Just like we talked about Corey Connors being a, a, a type of golf course for him when it comes to ball striking, Justin Thomas, etc. Lee Westwood, Bob... Would he not fall directly into that same category, you would think? Oh, sure. I mean, Lee Westwood for years has been a great ball striker. We've known about that. His, his weakness has always been his putting. Uh, we've seen him challenge for major championships and have it come down to you know short putts and things that he's just never been as good at. Um, I like his attitude right now where he's just a little more carefree, a little less intense. He doesn't really worry so much about consequences. Um, if he hits a bad shot, Okay, well, let's go and correct that with the next one. He's been working with a mental coach for the last couple of years, and he's he's uh, he's obviously having fun out there. I mean, you see him laughing and joking, even when he was hitting those big uh, big bad balls off to the right yesterday. You know, he was kind of joking at himself. So I I think there's uh, probably something to be learned there for a lot of us. Forty-seven, going to be forty-eight. His fiance on his golf bag. His son's going to be caddying for him at the Masters. They went up and played some practice rounds, I believe, today. They're they, playing today. A couple, they, yeah, so, thirty-six. Back-to-back weeks now, second place for Lee Westwood on very hard setups, difficult, challenging golf courses. Can he keep this going? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he did say in his post-game or post-round interview yesterday that his legs were a little lethargic, and I think two weeks of hard slogging um, probably took a little more toll on him than they would for a guy like JT. But I, I don't see any reason why he can't. And, um, you know, if he gets some rest and be interesting to see what he can do around Augusta. He's had some good finishes there in the past. 
But I, I think uh, it's just fun to watch. He's going to be 48 next month, and he's uh, it's just great to see those old guys uh, still putting it up. And, and he did commit to physical fitness in the last year or so. His fiance's personal trainer, and he's pointing to a lot of that as part of the reason why he's been able to extend his career and have this kind of second life late in his 40s. Okay. Bryson DeChambeau was the second man in that pair. Here he is again, Bob. It seems that almost every week now that Bryson DeChambeau has a chance to win. Uh, I'm going to start stop calling golf courses Bryson DeChambeau's <laughs> type of golf course because he's doing this on places that makes no sense. Last week, putting it in the fairway at Bay Hill, vitally important. He does it. This week, driver, it, it might be year in and year out, the the only golf course we see on the PJ Tour, or one of maybe two or three golf courses on the PJ Tour, where if if the driver is your best weapon, and it is your biggest kind of asset, it ain't going to help you as much as it does on other weeks because you see a lot of three woods, long irons, things like that off tee. Here he is again, chance to win. I know he didn't make the putt, but I don't know if you recall the bunker shot uh, on two, his third yesterday on two. I mean, that's a 40, 50-yard bunker shot. He hits it to like six, seven feet. I mean, he has an underrated game when, you know, we all want to talk about the drives over the pond on six at Bay Hill. This guy has an underrated game when wedges, putting, et cetera. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You know, we talk about his distance, but that's not what wins him the golf tournaments. It's a complete game that wins him golf tournaments. And, and I think you saw it this week. The first two rounds, his driving was terrible. Uh, or tee shots. I'm not going to say driving. I'm going to say off the tee. He was not very good. He right. was like six fairways. I think each day, but he got it done with his iron. Now his iron play kind of let him down a little bit uh, on Saturday, I thought, and then a little, a little bit on the, uh, yesterday as well. But um, he's a complete player, and I think he's not going to be on every week. We've seen that. We know what happened uh, at Augusta in November, and I think that to me is the most interesting thing on his schedule going forward is uh, what's going to go there. I'm also interested to see him in the match play because I think it would be really interesting to take on. Uh, I mean, it's not going to happen, but. Uh, Jim Furyk, you know, <laughs> someone who's a really short hitter and see right. what would happen. That to me would be just so intriguing. So there's a lot to uh, there's a lot to, to look at when you're talking about a Bryson that that isn't about his driver. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And this year when we get to Augusta, Bob, I don't think the night before he's going to be playing around with uh, 48 inch drivers and stuff like he or, did. The... Or do you think he's cut down on the protein shakes? He's, well, he has lost a few pounds, right? Yeah. About, what, 10? Is he? Are we at 15 like yet? Something like that in there. He looks a little there. But I think he's going to be well more prepared and settled in on what the, when, on what the Thursday game plan is going to be. And he ain't going to be tweaking Wednesday night. I think it really threw him for a loop. I will say this. On the other side, we're going to uh, be joined by Mark McCumber, 10-time PGA Tour winner and the, and the 1988 Players Champion, who was the analyst this week for PGA Tour Radio. But And we'll, we'll close the book on the players before we uh, switch gears for hour two. I do want to bring up this because we are, you know, we're stroking Bryson and we're stroking Lee Westwood, who had a chance to win again, Lee Westwood. And Bryson is, is, remains number one in the FedEx Cup points list. The tee shots on four were the two worst tee shots I have ever seen by the same group in, in a professional guy. We, you know, if, if, you, if you had a camera on everybody, like we had this week of the Players' Championship, if you had a camera on everybody from Thursday to Sunday, you would see some horrible golf that usually doesn't make network TV. But to see those two tee shots in a final group on Sunday, they are the worst tee shots, a cold top and a 100-yard slice. Yeah. When was the last time uh, you think Bryson played his second shot from the forward tee after dropping the ball? <laughs> That's where he played it from. It was un- unbelievable to watch that. And I just I 
that was just stunning. And I think after he hit the second one and was wasn't much better, you know, he he said, "What is going on?" <laughs> what was it was head scratching. My phone lit up. I was on the air. My phone lit up. I'm. Leave me alone. I don't know how to answer this, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Bryson DeChambeau, your leader in the FedEx Cup points race. Justin Thomas vaults to number two. And Patrick Cantley, who missed the cut, will fall to the three spot. On the other side, we'll, we'll put a bow on the Players' Championship with, golf, with uh, PGA Tour radio analyst Mark McCumber. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino and Weeks in studio. Adam Scully will swing by an hour two. In hour two, we have uh, CEO of Golf Canada, Lawrence Applebaum, joining us, uh, talking a little bit about the cancellation of the RBC Canadian Open. But before we get to that, we got to put a bow on the Players' Championship. What a week it was at TPC Sawgrass. And joining us now is a 10-time winner. Of the on the PGA Tour, including the 1988 Players Championship, he was our analyst this week for PGA Tour Radio, and most of our listeners and viewers will obviously remember this gentleman as a great player. But he's also a great golf course architect and designer, and that's where I'll start with our first question. But first, let's welcome in Mark McCumber. Mark, how are we this morning? Hello, Mark. I am just fine. It's another beautiful day here in Northeast Florida, just like it was all week. Yeah, the weather was spectacular. I know we had a great broadcast, and I know you you know, you know had a, a double duty this week, not only as our analyst on radio, but also following Tyler, your son, around the golf course for his first Players' Championship. So appreciate you doing this. Let's start with the golf course, Mark, because you're so familiar with it. You call this part of the world home. You won this championship in 1988. You know, I remember this golf course when the players said it was unfair and, you, you know, you couldn't get around there with Persimmon Woods and Ballada golf balls. But this stadium course was ahead of its time, and I thought it was just brilliant this week. The setup, the conditioning, I thought the golf course was a real star of the show. It was perfect. Uh, I, I thought I had been transplanted when I walked out to watch my son practice at Augusta National. There wasn't a ground under repair anywhere on the golf course. It was absolutely perfect. But, you know, you talked about when the course was first built. It's not the same golf course. It's the same routing except for number 12. Number 12, as you know, was converted into a drivable uh, par 4 instead of the short little par 4 that it was before. But there was wild love grass and earthen mounds. And, and, and it, it was if you could miss a green and not be able to get it on the greens and 10 feet off the green, they've softened the edges. But that allows them to get the course faster. And the green's faster. They've taken some of the humps and bumps out. But I'll tell you what, it is it has gone from a gym to a polished diamond. It is gorgeous. <laughs> and uh, speaking of polished diamonds, how about Justin Thomas? He's uh, glowing this morning. What are your reflections when you look at the, especially the final two rounds, Saturday and Sunday, that he put up? Well, it really it gives you the state of professional golf on the PGA Tour. These guys are so good. The, difference, the big difference I've noticed from the era that I played in, you know, back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, is that the fields weren't as tightly packed. You always had someone at 12, 1,500, 20 under winning. 
But if you shot 73 on a Sunday and you were near the lead, you might finish eighth. Now you may finish 40th. <laughs> Think of the fact that he birdied his last two holes on Friday to make he was on the cut line. He made the cut by two and he wins. That's how good they are. That that's how tight it's bunched. Uh, they used to have a rule on tour anybody within ten shots of lead automatically made the cut. You may have a hundred and ten guys make the cut some week if they did that. So it just shows you how good everybody is and he, he showed his true talent this weekend by the twelve under par. That's amazing. Mark, what's more impressive for you? Uh, Lee Westwood doing this at age 47 uh, and about to be 48, or the fact that Bryson DeChambeau, who we you know we want to talk about 370-yard drives all the time, but it seems that it doesn't matter what the setup is or what type of golf course, he's in contention. That's a great question. Uh, what Lee Westwood did at 47, uh, he's 48 next month. What he did uh, back-to-back, and he didn't spit the bit. Uh, you know, he, he played solid. Uh, if you look at his finish last week at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, hitting that ball out of the divot on 18 and then making that lengthy par putt to keep Bryson DeChambeau honest. He could have easily missed that putt. There would have been a playoff. And uh, except for, you think about this, too. Lee Westwood struggled yesterday, but the maturity to grind it out, grind it out, grind it out. He misses that five-footer for Paul on 17. A lot of three-putts from where he hit the tee shot. That ends up being the only difference. Dustin, Justin Thomas made the five-footer on 17. He missed it. And he's going to be 48 years old. That's amazing. Now the other part of the question, Bryson DeChambeau, we talk about his bombing and hitting 100 miles and all these Paul Bunyan-type things. That's not what impresses me. He's got everything else. He's a great putter. His short game is fine. Maybe you could pick on maybe some of his wedge play. But I've often thought that could be from the fact that he's got a wedge that's the length of the seven iron. It may not be quite as easy to be precise. And if that's the case, he'll figure that out too. I hope for the sake of the other players he doesn't figure it out. Uh, we're very obviously pro Corey Connors up here, and I, I wanted to get your impression as someone who's not waving the flag like we are right behind him. What do you think of Corey Connors' game and his performance the last couple of weeks? Oh, I think he's outstanding. Uh, you know, I pay attention to the younger guys because I have a son who's from that from that genre. You know, I I, I walked many rounds in junior golf and in college golf when Tyler's paired with Justin and and, and Jordan Spieth and all these guys. Um, and I got a, a chance to watch my son several times when he was uh, player of the year in Canada uh, a couple of years ago. I've watched Corey Connors play. I am very impressed with the way he carries himself. I'm very impressed with his game. And obviously the results are reflecting the quality player that he is. We're with Mark McCumber, who was our PGA Tour analyst this week on PGA Tour Radio. Of course, the 1988 Players Champion. Mark, uh, you brought up Tyler. Um you know, we're, we're, what, 32 years since your championship, 33 years since your championship. How special was it to walk the golf course this week with your son as he played his first player's championship? It was, it was very heartwarming for me. You know, all of us, well, I, all, all three of our children are wonderful people. They're good-hearted people. You just want them to be happy and productive. They all are. Uh, but it, uh, I remember telling Tyler when, he, you know, he was here playing his practice round, I remember – in the old days, uh, back in the 90s, we used to play a thing called the Maryland Shootout, where nine players would tee off on the back nine at the Players' Championship on Wednesday so the fans could get close to them, and there'd be one player eliminated on every hole. And I remember getting to 16, 
and Nicholas, and I don't remember the other player left. And Tyler was three years old, so it was 94, and he runs out, and I have on my shoulders, and someone took a picture of it that we have in the house. And all of a sudden, here we go 25 years later, and the same kid is playing in his first players and actually playing very well. Uh, as I look at his week, I think it was a great success. He finished 22nd, uh, you know, at the strongest field, and he played the par fives one under par. Justin Thomas, if I, if I read it right, played them 12 under par. And for a long hitter who drives it good, you've got to take advantage of the par fives here. So I thought it was a great week, but the results are what impressed me because I know he's a good player. Every one of those guys are good players. Just the fun of walking with his mom, uh, she and I together with his sisters and the little nephews, it was an exciting week, Mark. Uh, I just want to go back to Bryson for, for a quick moment here, Mark, and, and we've got the match play coming up. What do you think it means for a guy who's playing Bryson in a match play, say a shorter hitter, tee off against that? What, what, go, what would go through someone's mind if you were watching him hit at 370 and you were hitting at 305? Well, if you're on. in the match play, you're really good. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a limited field. Uh, it's, it's hard to get in it. It means you're playing well currently. They don't invite you because you used to be good. I think it's uh, a great opportunity but if you're a shorter hitter in match play, you've got to turn that around. But you know what that means? You're going to be hitting into the greens first. So he can hit it all he wants. And that golf course, Austin Country Club, I don't think favors. Uh, it's, it's Again, it's a peak die. And it's a lot of target kind of golf. And it's a position golf course. So I think if I were playing Bryson and I was a young player who, and they're all long, don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't take me wrong. But if he hits at 40 yards by on, a, on maybe two or three holes because he can let it go, big deal. I'll let my seven iron in there 10 feet and just put it right back on him. That's how you've got to feel in match play. Going first, I think, is always an advantage in match play. We've seen that over the years quite often. The guy that gets the hit first, uh, even though giving up those yardage off the tee, uh, tends to put the pressure on and, and can flip the script quite easily in match play. And, Mark, this is a great segue for my last question. Before we let you go, I need to ask you this, because you are a golf course architect as well as an analyst and former player. Um, we, you know, Distance debate is a big topic in the last six, seven months, a year. We're all keeping our eye on this. A few weeks ago... We saw a classic at Riviera beat up on the best players in the world, short by modern-day standards. Last week, we saw the setup at Bay Hill with Ruff and said, hey, it's important you put it in the fairway this week. It made a difference. And now again this week, a golf course that by modern-day standards is not considered long. It's kind of considered maybe even slightly below average when it comes to just distance and driver not being the most important club in the bag. In your opinion, do we have a distance problem or do we have a setup problem that we just need to set up golf courses better? I don't think we have a problem. Um, It's foolish to think that these... Our son is in unbelievable physical shape. And my wife, obviously, she's prejudiced. Boy, look how strong Tyler is. And she went to the course, hasn't been to a tour event in a year because, you know, with COVID, and and, ha- and she's used to watching my era. She goes, oh, my goodness, honey, all these guys look like they're could play in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, they're all wiry and strong. And, and, you know, you really answered your question, I think, Mark. Think about the last two weeks. Bay Hill is a little bit longer. This is one of the shorter courses, 7,100 yards that played basically on Sunday. And look who was in the last group the last two weeks. 
the longest hitter on tour, and Lee Westwood would be considered very average in length right now, and they both were contending for the title. I think golf's horse setup is everything. If you have fast, fast greens that are firm, you have a little bit of rough, you're not, you, you might be worse off 40 yards from a 410-yard par four where you hit it 370. You might be worse off 40 yards away in the rough to a firm green than you will 100 yards in the fairway with a wedge. I, you know, I, are we outdating golf courses? Let's be honest. For everybody that loves golf and plays golf, whether it's Canada, United States, anywhere in the world, nobody can relate to what Bryson, what Tyler's doing, what any of these guys are doing at 340, hitting at 350, carrying the ball over bunkers or the 300 yards off the tee. Nobody relates to that. So what does it matter that you set up a course hard for the one week a year for these guys to come and play? I've always said when you build a golf course and design it, the canvas is the golf course. And the way you set it up are the details. But all year long, think about this golf course. You mow the rough down, you make the greens 10 on the stint meter, and they're soft. And the average player is still going to have a hard time because there's some force carries, but he can go play. But for that one week of the year, they get it right to the edge for the greatest players in the world. You know, tennis went from the Rod Laver era. I remember as a kid watching him, the dinks and the volleys forever. It went to bigger rackets, power and speed. I think people still love watching Federer and Nadal and all these guys play. It's just the normal progress of greater athletes and and the advancement of technology. Couldn't agree with you more, Mark. It was an absolute pleasure, as always, working with you this week. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to do this with Bob and I for Golf Talk Canada. And uh, I look forward to the next time we work, but hopefully uh, the next time we get to work in person. Uh, hopefully that's not that far away either. So. You have a great week, and we'll we'll talk to you soon, Mark. You got it, Mark. I want to tell you one thing. While I was waiting to come on that thirty seconds, I I got nervous because I heard some commercial about hockey. <laughs> it's 80 degrees and sunny down here what are you guys doing up there we're not walking around at 80 degrees and sunny that's all i can tell you <laughs> hey mark mark it's a pleasure to be with you always i enjoy working with you we've got a great team at pj tour radio and i look forward to seeing you down the road same here thank you so much mark mccumber the 1988 players champion great analyst great guy golf course architect just does so many things well super nice man too one of the yeah. nicest people you'll ever meet in the game of golf on the other side bob let's give away meat yes just give away meat mr butcher hundred dollar gift card giveaway we're gonna do a trivia question on the other side this is gtc this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by weathertech canada canada's leader in automotive accessories This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. And welcome back to GTC's Aquino Weeks. Hour 2, Scully coming by. Uh, Lawrence Applebaum coming by. Winner's Weird and What. We're going to dive into the Rory topic bizarre just so good the comments just honest you just don't get it from athletes these days so it's fantastic let's give away a hundred dollar gift card to mr butcher that's mr butcher m-i-m-i-s-t-e-r butcher mr butcher.ca hundred dollar gift card 
We're going to open the phone lines to the first correct caller, 870-1050. That's 416-870-1050. If you're listening or viewing the Golf Talk Canada repeat tonight from 7 to 9 p.m., please don't call. This is for the live audience this morning at uh, in the 10 o'clock hour. Okay. Justin Thomas became one of four players to have a major championship, a world golf championship, a players championship, and a FedEx Cup. One of four players to achieve this. Give us two of the other four. He joined three other players that have already done this. A players, a FedEx Cup, a WGC, a major. Did I say that already? <laughs> I, think, I think that you got it. <laughs> I got it. Give us two of the other three, any two of the other three people he joins. 416-870-1050 for a $100 Mr. Butcher gift card. You know, I had a Mr. Butcher burger last night. The burgers it's not are, just steaks. I know. It's, it's seafood. Yeah. How was the unreal. lamb, Bob? The lamb, the rack of lamb was off the charts. Now, they have New Zealand lamb, and they also have Ontario lamb in uh, some of the other things, like yeah. lamb pops and stuff. The lamb was just spectacular. Awesome. I love lamb. There's just so much. Go on there and check it out. And it's more than just steaks. Grilling season is opening up. Officially right? opening today is what I've understood. Is that today That's is the official day? Okay. I got my butt handed to me at TSN Edge Picks this week, and we're going to do this every week on uh, oh, t- no. on uh, Golf Talk Canada <laughs> television. I got No, you're, you're good. You're winning. That's oh, how good. bad I am. <laughs> so we give you... Uh, two favorites and a value play. So we take kind of a long shot every week as well. Uh, TSN Edge, uh, Golf Talk Canada TV, every Wednesday. We'll do it again. We'll have a season-long leaderboard. We started it this week for the Players' Championship. Bob is in the lead at 11 under par. Whoa. You had one player with a miscut. Webb. Webb Simpson, which I also had miscut. Adam Scully is in second place at 9 under par. He had one player miscut, Tony Finau. We only take our player scores who made the cut throughout okay. the total, okay. throw out the miscuts. Uh, that's why we count miscut players. He had one miscut. Tony Finau was, uh, was Scully's uh, player miscut. I am a lonesome all the way back in third place at 2 under par. I only had one player make the cut because I also had Webb Simpson. My value play was Hideki Matsuyama, who oh, yeah. fought hard to make the cut, almost came back and did not get it. Colin Morikawa, who putted with a blindfold for three days. And then on the back nine yesterday, almost set like a record or something. Unbelievable. Right? Crazy. If, if his putter had, a, if you looked at, so he led, he was almost leading in most ball striking categories most of the week and last place in putting. So just couldn't, couldn't marry the two together. But I, it's more, Bob, for me, it's more about the type, like we're handicapping these things. And when you get to the players, to your point in, at the top of the show, it's the hardest golf course to handicap. And I went into this week saying, I want ball strikers and great iron players. And I believe that Colin Murakawa is the greatest iron player in the world. I think Justin Thomas is right up there with him. I also think Corey Connors was a great pick. I said this to you last week on TV when you picked uh, Corey Connors. Ball striker, iron player. So we weren't wrong. We just didn't have the right name at the time. <laughs> I had Morikawa. Right. You had Connors. We were in the right lane yeah. of of the type of person that was going to win this. We just didn't have the right guy. Is that fair? Yeah, and you know what? It goes back a little bit to what we were talking about with Justin Thomas at the start of the year or start of the show, you, you don't always know what's going on off the course with certain people. I'm not suggesting there was anything wrong with Colin or whatever, but right. you never know if a guy's going through 
a bad day or he's had some problems. Tired. Or, you know, tired, whatever, right? I always, I always remember that uh, Don Co. Jones, the great Don Co. Jones, was saying to me one time, she was, I was at the, uh, the, the then, the DeMore Classic, and she was walking by and she had just had her son, Jimmy, who was on the road with her, and she walked by and she looked so tired. I said, are you feeling okay? She says, I bet Arnold Palmer never had to get up in the middle of the night and change a diaper. <laughs> you know, so, so, so you never know what's happening to these people. So there's lots of stuff that can, that can affect uh, a player's score. It's not just the number on the card. I like that. That's great. Um, <laughs> now, uh, off the top of Hour 2, we're going to have Lawrence Applebaum join us, CEO of Golf Canada. Of course, the cancellation of the RBC Canadian Open. Uh, we still have fingers crossed and hopeful that we're going to have a women's Open. It's a wait-and-see approach at the moment. But there was some news on the Shaw Charity Classic uh, this week. Well, there's a little bit of hopeful sign, I guess. Maybe the Shaw Charity Classic, which is the Champions Tour event that they have in Calgary, and they do an absolutely remarkable job at raising money. This is probably one of the biggest fundraisers on the Champions Tour. They have said that they're still hopeful that they're going to be able to go away, go ahead with it. And this is planning. early August, correct? Bob? Yeah, August 11 to 15. Okay, they're still planning, planning and taking steps as if it's on. So that's a good sign. And August is going to be... I don't know, touch and go, I guess, at that point. We, don't really don't, we really don't know what the landscape will look like. Now, maybe they have it without fans, or, but it, the big thing is, is the quarantine, right? The, right? the border. This is an interesting conversation. I wish we had more time on this, because if the Canadian Open was in September, in its old date, would we be having it this year? Yeah. You know, if, if you believe the news cycle, and the news cycle is accurate, then, and Dr. Fauci is accurate, then America, through vaccination and other issues, will have herd immunity by July, August. If there's herd immunity, could our border be open by then, Bob? <laughs> well, well, we'll soon find out. I mean, everything's, everything's just so fluid with this. And listen, for a couple of guys who talk about golf for a living, we're not going to be the medical no, no, experts. I'm just, the medical I'm experts not claiming, not but claiming. Right, but I have right. played a doctor on radio before, though. <laughs> just, that's an interesting job. That's something. I would just say that uh, the further you are down the runway, the better chance that you're going to be able to host your I would agree. And uh, let's keep our fingers crossed because it would be nice to have any kind of golf. My uh, personal physician, as you know, my doctor, Dr. J, my dentist, also <laughs> acts as my doctor. He says borders will be open. So. Perfect. There we go. <laughs> He's a dentist. How could he? How alert, could he alert the news outlets. <laughs> All right. Hour two. We got so much. We're going to have Lawrence Applebaum, Scully, to talk with us about the Rory audio. You don't want to miss this. Rory, open book on chasing distance, getting lost chasing distance. Uh, how many other players out there behind the scenes are doing this that we don't know about? Great conversation. Winners, weird, and what? So much coming up next in hour two of Golf Talk Canada, but we'll kick it off with Lawrence Applebaum. This is GTC. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. 
For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome to Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada. Whether you're listening on TSN 1050, the iHeartRadio app, online at tsn.ca, or watching us this morning on TSN 2 television, let's not forget that every Monday after a major, whether it be the players, the Masters, U.S. Open, uh, Open Championship, uh, Ryder Cup, in the playoffs when we march towards the FedEx Cup, you can watch Golf Talk Canada Radio on Mondays as well as just listen to GTC. Every Wednesday, Golf Talk Canada TV is on TSN 4, 1 p.m. Eastern. Every Wednesday, TSN 4 with repeats Wednesday night and Thursday morning. As we also act as pregame into major golf championship coverage, including the Masters, which you are just a few weeks away. Congratulations, Tony McLaughlin. You win the Mr. Butcher $100 gift card. Thank you, Tony. Regular watcher, regular listener. Congratulations. And Tony, Tony's name, Bob, goes into the hat with our winners uh, for the last couple weeks because the grand prize is going to be drawn from these winners throughout the summer. Uh, sometime in August, grand prize is going to be a, a barbecue for you and, and nine of your best friends, 10 people, uh, sandbagger, wine, meat, Seafood, you name it. Brunello from the uh, from maybe the some, maybe I'll closet. bring a bottle of Brunello. <laughs> what I'm thinking is we got to talk to the winner. If the winner wants this, we'll talk to Jeff McDonald and see if it's possible on that Monday. If we could do the barbecue on a Monday, uh, maybe we'll do. We do have a repeat of Golf Talk Canada Radio on Monday nights from seven to nine. Maybe we will see if we can do a, a second live show, do a live remote Ooh. remote from the barbecue. Ooh, that would be great. Well, if you and I can get in on some free meat and, <laughs> and wine, yeah, I'm going to show. I'm going to a little worried as the show goes on. <laughs> we'll need a, a driver. Yeah, we'll need a driver. You know, it ain't going to be Scully. But, no. So it ain't going to be Scully. So I don't know. Maybe Mrs. Golf Talk Canada could drive no, that. Perfect. We'll just load us up into a bus of some kind. So, All right. Um, upsetting news. Last week, RBC Canadian Open, uh, the plug was pulled. Um, obviously, I don't want to call it unexpected news. We thought that the Canadian Open might go elsewhere, might be some other opportunities. Lawrence Applebaum spoke to Bob and I about... The cancellation and where they looked and just the overall picture of this year's RBC Canadian Open. Lawrence, thanks for taking the time to do this with Bob and I. Uh, you know, we're uh, several days now removed from the announcement. Uh, how hard was this and why can't we come on the air and uh, every time we have you on, why can't we have some good news? What, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, l l listen, we're all in this boat together and we have been for, for, uh, for, for a year together. In fact, actually, Bob and I returning home from the players together. It, uh, no, it was, it was gutting. It was gutting for all of us uh, to, um, to lose the RBC Canadian Open in, in for 2021 because as you both know, we had such momentum coming out of 19 and then to have this happen for, for two years has been very, very hard and hard. I got so many notes and emails and messages from fans and partners and media and players. In fact, uh, so many of our Canadian players. So it's very disappointing, but we'll, uh, we'll lick our wounds and we'll come back stronger than ever for 22. I promise you. <laughs> what, 
when you look at social media responses to this, obviously there's disappointment from the fans and that's the one that sort of hits me the most. And, and a lot of them sort of are sitting there saying, well, why didn't you do this? Or why didn't you do this? But just take us behind the scenes a little bit and tell us what you did try in a, in a general sense to try and make this thing work and what eventually led to having to sort of pull the plug. Yeah. I, I think that's the, that's what I think about a lot, Bob, with um, letting people understand the, the, wealth of or the wealth this the, the overall size of energy that was put into doing what we could do to make it happen so we have a we have a great team and this team has worked harder than ever and, and when i say team i mean our friends at the pga tour our, our, our partners at the rb at rbc and golf canada to try and figure out what was possible and and i will tell you that we tried to turn over every single stone and option that was possible to us and what ended up sort of continually coming back to hit us in the face was we need to bring up more than 600 people from the U.S. That's players, that's caddies, that's staff, that's our broadcast operations folks. And when you talk about uh, bringing people north of the border, 600 strong, we weren't, we weren't in this environment going to be able to get anything close to that from a national exemption point of view. And the second part of it is obviously the quarantine aspect. Um, for a lot of uh, casual fans, you know, we we have to make sure they understand. The week before, the players are in the Memorial Jacks tournament in Ohio. And then the week after, they're going to California for the U.S. Open in Torrey Pines. So we have, have, a, have a window to get people in and playing, and then they get out. And with the quarantine rules in place, it just wasn't possible to see this kind of quarantine action. So we came up against timing because it's not um, it's not roll the balls out and let them play. We need months to put the preparations in place for the infrastructure, the environment, the golf course setup, all those kind of things. So we just we just knocked up against time, unfortunately. So without federal exemptions and. Uh... You're going outside the box on what is traditionally allowed. And that's the one thing. If there's one thing that's been consistent in, in the Canadian landscape, which, in my opinion, the goalposts have moved, it, it, I feel, so many times at almost every level of government, the one thing that's been consistent is there hasn't been exemptions. And they haven't said, okay, well, you're the Canadian Open and you're professional athletes. That's the reason why we have the Raptors in Tampa and the Jays in Florida. And, and we've lost a lot of Canadian sports along the way. So I have to ask the question, Lawrence, because I brought this up a year ago, took some flack for it, got some support for it. Was there ever any consideration of playing the Canadian Open elsewhere? Well, you bring up one thing to comment on first, Mark, is um, the upside of this tragedy, this pandemic we're going through is this amalgamated the golf industry and this also amalgamated the sports industry. So uh, our tournament director, Brian Crawford, has been working with Tennis Canada, Curling Canada, MLSE, uh, and then we've worked with all levels of government to figure out what was possible. And what we saw that was possible was for those sports who were able to bubble or stay and root in one place for weeks and weeks, just like curling did in this last couple of weeks, or like the World Juniors Hockey, our friends at Hockey Canada were successful. We just didn't have that luxury. You know, we didn't have the luxury of being able to have people stay uh, for that long time. Uh, when you ask about the options is we did look at everything. We looked at being able to operate it in the U.S. We looked at being able to operate it in different parts of the country. Um, you know, I, I, 
trust me, we listen to everything. And I've heard suggestions about playing it at Cabot. Uh, and Bob was raising his hand. He was going to, he was going to do every job we'd ask him out at Cabot, uh, do it in BC in a different province. And for many, many reasons, each of these didn't, didn't hold water to what we were trying to do. One of the biggest problems that we had was getting our heads around is holding it in the U S just wasn't right for the Canadian open. So many of our fans feel so near and dear to this, to this national championship. And also with that aspect is the fact that our organization, our staff, our operations, people would struggle to be part of that, to get down there, to do the work, to really host, because it would be likely a fanless event as well. So all those things sort of pushed up against uh, as well. The timing of it is, is, is it would, would play a factor as well. So it's certainly these options were all, all, all looked at, but our goal was really focused on, do we have the ability to run this at these two great tracks at St. George's and at Islington as the practice facility. And, and uh, unfortunately it just wasn't able to happen. Uh, I want to give you a chance to talk about some positive stuff. It's been a year since the, uh, since the, the pandemic hit us in a, in a big way and shut things down. And um, since that time, golf, recreational golf, casual golf, just went through the roof. It's sore. I mean, the metrics on everything you can look at rounds played and uh, equipment purchased and everything like that has just gone through the roof. How proud are you for the golf industry? And you're a big part of that coming together to make that happen. And how, how happy are you to see that it's uh, it's you've got, you know, a possibility that it's probably going to stay with us again as we get nearer and nearer to the golf season. Well, I, I know that you guys both have been feeling it uh, since uh, in this in this marketplace since about May uh, of last year when it opened up and the floodgates opened. And as Jay Monahan said, I love what he said at his press conference at the players last week was golf became people's thing. And it's always kind of been our thing. And now it's been our thing, uh, the country. And um, people who hadn't played in a while came back. New people came into the game. Um, I, I shared with both of you separately that we had over 12,000 people register a hundred scores or more in Canada, which is just an incredible number to get a hundred rounds of golf in. Um, big kudos to the, to the golf clubs, the operators, the owners, the management teams at golf courses across Canada for being able to do it safely uh, with protocols. It made not only uh, our government partners feel very good about supporting that, but it also made good about uh, all the all the Canadian citizens feel good about being able to play golf in a way that, that we have never seen in our recorded history. And, and we're trying to get a little bit ahead of it in terms of working on retention strategies, working on a campaign to continue to bring people and, and keep them here. And we know we were the benefactor of maybe lack of choice. Um, and we just want to continue to be the choice for people. So it's our goal uh, at Golf Canada and the golf industry to, to keep pe keep golf people's thing in, in 2021. Uh, Lawrence, before we let you go, uh, can you comment at all on where we're at for the, uh, the Women's Open? And as well, uh, where's the focus switch now towards a successful amateur schedule for the season? Yeah, uh, thanks, for, thanks for bringing that up, Mark. Um, CP Women's Open, uh, scheduled for the third week of August at Shaughnessy Golf Club, obviously out in Vancouver. We have a little bit more of the luxury of time. Uh, we're working with BC Health, our partners at uh, City of Vancouver, Tours in Vancouver, uh, and obviously CP, CP Railway, um, which is a, 
essential logistics provider has been an awesome partner to help us through some of the things that we're looking at. We'll continue to work hard. Uh, Brooke is so supportive of everything we've, we've done. She's engaged uh, in our support. We're trying to hope that as the summer develops, as things we get continually better, that we'll be able to run it. So fingers crossed, guys, that, that we continue to can all be together in Shaughnessy in August. And then you talk about a really important thing for so many of our, our top players, our, our amateurs across the country is our mantra for 21 is to tee it up. And we are figuring out ways to run uh, national amateur championships, of which we have 27 of them. Um, and so we're going to try and run them. We have great partners across the country who are hosting. We want to do it in a safe way. We may do modified fields. We may do Canadian entrance only. We may put some some parameters in place so that everyone, both both athletes and host clubs, feel really good about it. But the response has been outstanding. Um, the amateur championships, it's it's what feeds a really big part of the essential part of the, the competitive game for us. And uh, we hope that we will have a, a return of Zucchino and Weeks in the men's AM. Might be the mid-AM, I think. Maybe. <laughs> I think I'm ready for the seniors. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, what's really nice is we've got a new chief sport officer, Kevin Blue, and uh, he came to us was a Team Canada player. You guys knew him a little bit, um, was a really excellent player and went off and had a great career uh, at Stanford and then was the athletic director at UC Davis in California. And he is determined uh, to, to really continue to, to boost our amateur championships and to tee it up. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing your entries, uh, both of you guys, uh, later, later this month. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, next time, let's do this, the three of us on a golf course. How about that? The next yeah, that I'll tell you, with the weather turning, people are starting to feel it already, guys. So we can't wait to get out together. All right. All let's, uh, let's get out. Let's play golf. And let's fingers crossed that this summer we uh, collectively as a country turn a corner. Thanks for the time as always. Okay. Great to see you both. Always a pleasure talking to Lawrence and uh, tough news, but uh, it is what it is. And hopefully the world turns a corner in the next few months. Uh, we're running super late. Want to go to break, but Mark Trudeau, I want to thank Mark Trudeau for reaching out to me. Uh, listening or watching this morning. Bob, he says uh, Niagara Park's taking tea times as of Friday, April the 9th. He's got one already for the 10th. So <laughs> they're going. Here we go. Wind them up. On the other side, Rory McElroy. Great comments. Scully will join us. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club and Resort. Live, stay, and play. And welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zucchino Weeks, and now welcoming in Scully. Scully, how are you this morning? How was that weekend? What a players. 
Gentlemen, what a weekend at the Players' Championship. So many great moments, so many weird moments. The hosel rocket by Brendan Todd, DeChambeau, Cole topping it, Lee Westwood hitting a 60-yard slice all in the span of five minutes on Sunday, and then Justin Thomas going on to win an awesome tournament all around. It was awesome. Uh, so much. We, we could talk forever on this. We will cover more of this come uh, Wednesday on Golf Talk Canada, some of the more uh, weird stuff. And we do have winners, winner what, coming up in the next segment. We, we're running late, though. We need to get to this Rory topic. It's a big one. Before we jump into it, let's hear the audio now. Hear the comments from Rory McIlroy. After Wingfoot, you know, I had a few weeks before we went to the West Coast and I started to try to hit the ball a bit harder, hit a lot of drivers, uh, get a bit more speed. And I feel like that was the, um, that was sort of the infancy of where these swing problems have come from. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't anything to do with what Bryson did at the U.S. Open. I think a lot of people saw that and were like, whoa, you know, if this is the way they're going to set golf courses up in the future, it helps. It really helps. The one thing that people don't un don't appreciate is how good Bryson is out of the rough. Not only because of how upright he is, but because his short irons are longer than standard, so he can get a little more speed through the through the rough than than, than, uh, than us than other guys. Um, and I thought, you know, being able to get some more speed is a is a good thing. And uh, I maybe just, you know, to the detriment a little bit of of my swing. I got there, but I just need to maybe ran it back in a little bit. So much to unpack there. Chasing speed, another player in the game, changing how your path is to what you want to be your next major. Uh, specialized equipment of one length irons. Adam, what do you take from that first? Or what stands out most there? Because there is a million different ways you can go. It's crazy. I mean, we talk at length on this show that Rory McIlroy is just awesome for the media and our show because he's honest. He gives you honest opinions about everything. It's kind of crazy, though, because Rory McIlroy has finished in the top five in driving distance for the last five years. And he's only five foot nine, what, 170 pounds soaking wet. He's not a big guy. He gets so much out of his body. And to try to chase more distance, it's definitely messed him up here for sure. And, you know, Mark, we talk at length about his wedge game when he hits these big drives and hits mediocre wedges, you know, long and left or dumps it short right into the bunker. It's puzzling to see. So for Rory, I know he's going right back to the range after that miscut at the players. I'm curious what comes next. Does he go back to the swing he had, you know, back last summer or is he going to try to keep doing more? It's it's puzzling. I've got something for you there, but I want Bob's uh, I want Bob's opinion on this because to me, Bob, he hits it far enough. I, I, I mean, chasing speed is bizarre to me. It's amazing, though, how many players uh, that I have talked to and I have listened to talking about that, trying to do things to follow Bryson. Guys going into the weight room, trying to add a little more muscle, trying to get a little bigger, trying to get a little stronger. Um, it's, it really is. He's really kind of turned people's attention to, to I need to be longer off the tee, and I don't know if that's the case because it's, uh, I always point out, you know, who's the number three guy on the career money list, all-time career money list? is Jim Furyk, who's never hit a 300-yard drive in his life. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, I'm going to ask both you guys a question because I have, I have a point and something that 
you know, I've seen with my own eyes and noticed with Rory that we're going to dive into a little bit more technically when we can have the visuals up for Golf Talk Canada TV this week. But before we get there, I want to mention that I spoke to Graham uh, McDowell and Justin Rose last week because I was hosting a MassCard event, and they both said they won't chase distance because there's too much of a risk for them to try to get in the gym, make all those changes, chase the speed, that coming out of 12 months, that there's no guarantee that they're going to be the same golfer or any better. And how much further are they going to hit it? They're going to do all that to get three miles an hour, four miles an hour. So they're not going to do it. But here's my question of both of you. Who is and who has been in the top three best players in the world outside of 120 yards in the, for the last decade? Would you put Rory McIlroy in the best three players in the world outside of 120 yards for the past 10 years, Bob? Yeah, I would think so. Would you think so? Sure, I would think he'd be out there. Scully? Yeah, I have to agree for sure, too. Okay, so why is he making a complete swing change that will only help his wedge game? Why is he? He has always dropped the club to a lower plane on the way down to the inside his entire career. By the way... So did Lee Trevino. Uh, so did Jim Furyk, although Mag- <laughs> took a, took a, little, a while to get there. A little while to get there. But, I mean, there is. I can sit here with a list of guys that were two-plane swingers that dropped it to the inside, some more severe than others. Brooke Henderson. Brooke Henderson. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is uh, many, many of the game's greatest instructors will teach you a two-plane swing. Now, where does that change in direction where does that laying the club off potentially get in your way a little bit inside 120 yards when you're trying to hit soft wedge shots where you're you're knocking it down taking some of the spin off so why are we not working on those shots which are specialty shots Instead of going to a one-plane swing outside 120 yards when you're one of the best ball strikers of the last 10 years makes zero sense. Bob, to me, this is like, I don't make enough five-footers. Let's go to a one-plane swing. It's the same thing. It's the old Lee Trevino. I interviewed him once many years ago, and he said, dance with who brung you. It's an old line that everybody's used, right? I mean, I think people have to be prepared to... to you know, look at what's the advances are. It's, a lot of that's equipment. You know, I can't be behind somebody who's got a better shaft, better driver, better wedge, whatever. Um, but but I, I think you're right. There's so many people who have chased it. Normally what you see is guys who come onto the tour and realize, oh, my gosh, I've got to do this or I've got to do that. I can't keep up. There's no way. Instead of realizing, wow, this is the swing that got me to the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Why don't I swing with that and keep swinging with that? The other thing that drives me nuts too, Bob, is there are mechanics and there are artists. And Adam is not the beauty of Rory McIlroy, the fact that he paints. He's an artist. He's a painter. He isn't a mechanic. And when a painter tries to, to do what, like what Bob's suggesting, not dance with who brought, brought him to the ball, is that not a scary proposition? Yeah, it really is scary for Rory to try to change all this stuff up. You know, he's one of the great drivers in, in recent memory, really. But when he gets inside of 120 yards, he's scary to watch because he gets so many average shots. I know we're running late, but boys, we'll have much more on this on our Wednesday edition of Golf Wednesday Talk Wednesday edition, we will jump into this and take a look at some of this, what we're talking about, a swing from two years ago when he's dominating at Hamilton versus a swing of what we saw this week. Makes no sense at all. Okay, on the other side, winner's weird and what? There is no shortage of three dub this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by picton mahoney asset management was brought to you by the muskoka bay club and resort live stay and play
This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. You know who's driving a, a new Cadillac? Angry uh, Mike. Oh, very nice. My dad, yeah. Yeah, uh, very nice. You know, older Italian man in his Cadillac. Got to be perfect. Watch it. He, he, could be the hit. <laughs> I could could see be. him sitting down behind the wheel, That's driving it. along. Good. It's a beautiful car. That's good. Cadillacs are good cars. Yeah, CT4. Yes, he's got the CT4. Okay. Turbo CT4. Buzzing around the streets of Scarborough, waiting for golf courses to open. <laughs> Cars in trouble. All uh, right. Well, tons to get to. Winners, weird or what? Three dub and Scully, you have the tea. Yeah, well, I, I had the coffee. I got to activate the calves and I got to step on one here. That's what I'm going to do today. Hit bombs and attack the pin. Well, gents, this week, my winner is Justin Thomas. And yes, he won the Players' Championship, so an obvious winner. But he is my winner because of a couple of different shots we've never really seen him hit before off the tee. This really creative, what, 40-yard slinging hook. He used it, for example, on 16 and on 18. I'll go to his tee shot on 16 in particular. 182 miles an hour of ball speed, first of all. The ball only traveled 240 yards in the air, but hooked, you know, 40, 45 yards. Hit hit a very similar shot on 18. Maybe got away with that one a little bit, only having a flip wedge into the 18th hole. By the way, the only green in regulation he missed during the the entire final round on Sunday, which is hard to believe. I mean, he was just off the green. But Bob, that was just some impressive shot tracer ability there from Justin Thomas, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The shot tracer ability is awesome. And it was actually, I was counting him. I was sitting there waiting for him to hit that 18th green because he had a wedge in, right? But he left it, what, two inches short? But I loved his reaction after uh, the ball on 18 kind of took that shot? kick to the right. Oh. <laughs> that was the, that I'm was sorry, about that was a miss. Was that not a miss? <laughs> that was a miss. That was a miss. <laughs> that had to be a bit of a miss. And it was awesome seeing on social media as well this, the split screen of Tiger in 2013 with the club twirl off the 18th tee and Justin Thomas with the delayed club twirl <laughs> after he got the fortunate <laughs> bounce. Great stuff from Justin Thomas. Okay, my weird this week, Bryson DeChambeau. So he's, he's, you know, he's put on all this weight. It looks like to me anyway he's lost 10. 15, 20 pounds, but now he's doing this new study with a dietitian studying his chew rate. Yes, the way he's chewing his food. He's taking photos of his food, sending it to this dietitian. Mark, are, are you studying your chew rate right now? Well, does no. I, what I try to study is I just make sure I'm not there's not too many red wine swigs in between mm. shoes. Shoes. Uh, That's what Bob and I were talking about in the break, actually. But you don't no, chew your red wine. I don't chew my red wine, but uh, no, a chew rate. Well, listen, we were brought up to say you know make sure you chew your food. So who knows? He's always got to do. It. Here's the thing, Adam. Bryson needs something to distract his brain. Yes. And he's this time this month. It's chewing food. It's it's bizarre, but clearly it's working for Bryson DeChambeau. Good for him. And, yeah, to me, it looks like he's lost 15 pounds at least, but he's playing some great golf right now. Okay, my what this week, Terrell Hatton. One of the top players in the world. He's the eighth-ranked player in the world. He's been incredibly consistent as well as of late. He's only missed four of his last 29 worldwide cuts. But those tournaments, the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA Championship, and the Players' Championship. What is going on with Terrell Haddon in these big events, Bob? 
Well, obviously, he's not getting enough sleep before the tournament. <laughs> no, no, or he's not chewing it's his, his chew food. Foot. I don't know. That's it could I, be, right? Bob, it's obvious the chew rate. It's <laughs> got to be. be the chew rate. That's what, what a wild stat that is. It's pretty crazy. You know, he's been so consistent for so long now on the PGA Tour. He won last year at Bay Hill before the COVID shutdown. Really curious to see what Terrell Hatton brings come the Masters <laughs> in, what, 25 days from now? Looking forward to that. Okay, Mark, the tee is now yours. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! You know, the other thing about that uh, Terrell Hatton, Adam, is that when he wins, he wins on hard golf courses. So mm-hmm. you would think majors would make yeah. more sense. It's not like he's out there winning in the fall series at no. 30 under. You know? <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, my winner this week is the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass and the setup here for the Players' Championship. I mean, we got a variety of everything this week, and the PGA Tour knows how to set up a golf course properly. You know, look at the 12th hole on Thursday and Friday. They put used a new back tee. Why? Because the field's too big. They couldn't get it in on time. We don't have enough daylight in March, so they didn't make it drivable on Thursday and Friday. Then on Saturday and Sunday, let's put it up. 289, front left hole location. Let's bring Eagles into play on the weekend. Just so smart. Hard and fast golf course. So if it's hard and fast, what do we want to do? We're going to add a little color of rough around the 16th and 17th. So if balls hit the putting surface, we don't uh, we don't punish good shots. That that collar will save them. Because without that collar, Bob, it's running off into the water. It's, it's just crazy. And you want proof in the pudding of how good of a golf course this is? We all hate putting contests, right? A lot of times we complain that a lot of the events we watch week in, week out are putting contests. How good is this year's champion, the ball striking of Justin Thomas? He gave away two shots to the field on Sunday in his putting. Negative two strokes game putting. Bob, when's the last time you can remember a winner on the PGA Tour losing two shots in one day on his putting? I would be hard-pressed to give you an answer. In fact, I don't even know if the, maybe it's never happened. That's that's remarkable. Crazy. Now, he did hit 17 of 18 greens, so those numbers obviously pointed that way, but that just shows you how brilliant... They have, and and maybe they should give a call to the USGA. Just maybe. (laughs) I wish we had another segment. Next week. (laughs) All right, my weird this week. Bubba Watson, did you see what happened to Bubba on Friday? Uh, It it eventually makes, in a way, mathematically anyway, he he misses the cut. If he could have got these two shots back, he would have made it to the weekend. Bubba Watson's playing the seventh hole at Sawgrass. He hits his ball right. They they saw his golf ball land up the right where the pine straw is and whatnot on the right side of the the par four. A marshal identifies it, goes to move his cart to get it out of the way. As he's moving his golf cart to get it out of the way of Bubba Watson's golf ball, he backs up over Bubba Watson's golf ball and drives it into the ground or shoots it away. They don't know. They think it went into the ground. They lose the golf ball. He takes a two-shot penalty for a lost golf ball. Thank you to the marshal, and he misses the cut. Adam, that has to be the strangest miscut story of the year. It's it's a very strange miscut story. We've seen a couple times during the COVID restart of guys losing their golf ball. Harris English, final round of the U.S. Open. How about Bryson DeChambeau at the Masters on the third hole when he went for the green, taking all those heavy breaths? and then he couldn't find the ball. That is so strange. My what this week is is a beauty too because you guys will, you guys will love this. It's just so this what is you could be your winner, your weird and your what. This this what. Uh, Victor Hovland missed the cut and actually was having a decent tournament. Um 
He missed the cut as well by taking a two-stroke penalty on Thursday playing, uh, I'm trying to pick up what hole it is, the par 4 15th. We've all been there. You know, playing with your buddies, your coin's in your buddy's line, so you move it over with the putter head, you know, you, t- you pick your mark, you move your coin over, and then one of your buddies reminds you all the time, hey, Bob, don't forget to put your mark back because you moved your ball. Oh, yeah, thanks, Mark. Right? Happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, Victor Hovland did it this week. And he forgot to put his ball mark back to its original position, put it out for there. But he and his playing partners, caddies, everyone in the group, had no recollection of this. So no one knew this was happening. PGA Tour officials didn't know it was happening. So in Victor's mind, no violation, right? He's on his way to the car in the parking lot. The phone rings. It's mum from Norway. <laughs> so are they going to penalize you for not putting your ball mark back on the 14th green? He goes, what are you talking about, mum? His mum calls him out for not putting the ball mark back. Eventually, they look at the video. Eventually, two-shot penalty. Eventually, Bobby, he doesn't play the weekend. Oh, man. Thanks, Mom. Thanks. <laughs> Mom? Unbelievable. All right, Bob, the tea is yours. So, so what do I do? Just aim for the pond? No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water. But you hit it into the water. I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun! We're having fun! Look, it went further than your ball! Well, that's an appropriate uh, lead-in for my winner this week because it does involve hitting the ball into the water. And uh, there is there was a flurry of them on Thursday, right? Over 30, which is the highest for one round, I think since second highest for one round since 2003. But one guy who has not put a ball in the water in his entire career of playing at the players is our own Adam Hadwin. He went, again, four for four this week. He is now 20 for 20. And he passes Graham Dillette, who was as the top Canadian, who was 18 for 18. And it's amazing that, I, I mean, it's, there's, I, think, I think Jason Duffner had a streak in the 40s. It's amazing. when you Especially, they had two back hole locations this week, too, yes. on Thursday mm-hmm. when all the carnage was happening. And when that back hole location's in play, that's usually... firm green. Oh, yep. my, like, amazing for how to have that amazing to see how many, uh, how many of those guys uh, put balls in the water? Like, <laughs> the best thing is, if you, if you surrounded that green with sand... You'd never miss the green. Yeah. You guys would be mm-hmm. making twos there all day long, right? <laughs> exactly right. Um, my weird this week is uh, Bryson DeChambeau. He's he's a little weird, but uh, on the seventeenth, <laughs> on the seventh hole, on the seventh hole on Saturday, he hit his tee shot off to the right. It bounced off a cart path. Looked like it was going to go deep into some trees, but it hit a guy and stopped and dropped down and really probably saved Bryson a shot, maybe two shots. Anyway, as he went over there, Bryson was a really nice guy. He said, are you okay? Everything fine? And the guy who was hit said, yeah, no problem, no problem. So then he went, uh, played his shot. And then after he played the shot, he came over to the guy, and he signed a golf ball and gave it to him. Do you know who the guy was? I saw this. I don't want to spoil it. I saw this. (laughs) It was PGA Tour player and Masters runner-up Len Matisse. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a great picture of him wearing a mask, and he's got the, the autograph ball. He said, That's amazing. He's a Jacksonville resident, and he was there uh, following the, uh, the action there, I guess going out for a little walk around. Have you ever hit anyone, Bob? I did hit a guy about three years ago at my golf course. There's a, a green, the fifth hole, sort of sunken down below, and you, I saw some guys walking up to the tee, but I didn't count four. Right. It's the scariest. It feeling. is. I've, it, was, it was a hybrid. I've a hit uh, two people in my life, and it's scary. One when I was a kid uh, at Pickering Golf Club, Seton Golf Club, uh, and one at, at my own golf club, Toronto Hunt Club, a, a couple of years ago. And a member guest, Ooh. they waved this up, skull on the green. Ooh. They gave me the wave that the green was clear on the drivable uh, seventh hole, mm-hmm. and you can't see because it's around the corner. 
Yeah. So I went, oh, the wave, we're good. Mm, not good. When I, was a, when I was a kid and people used to hit the ball near us, we used to just fall down and pretend we got <laughs> scare people. That's not exactly the nicest thing to do to anybody. All right, my uh, wrapping things up here, my uh, what this week is uh, Dustin Johnson. What are we going to say about him? He's not going to go to the Olympics. He said it again. He actually said it last time before it was canceled. And it's brought up a big sort of discussion as to whether or not um, – Players are buying into the Olympics, and I don't know, Scully. Do you think that the the where do you think the Olympics ranks for most of these players, and where do you think it should rank? I'd, I'd be really curious if this wasn't a COVID year. Obviously, yeah. in Rio, there you know everything was going on uh, there with the virus, you know, five years ago now. But this is a different time. I'd be curious, maybe the next time around, if golf is in the Olympics, the next time around, how many guys will go? I would still think it's relatively high. Like Ricky Fowler, when he was an Olympian last time, he got a tattoo. Justin Rose carried his his gold medal everywhere he went, as did Matt Kuchar and Henrik, Henrik Stenson too. I'm really curious about this. You know, guys who are in the Olympics, the Olympics, I've covered the Olympics, and it is so much bigger than any other sporting event, so much. And if you talk to the people who went, the medalists, you talk to David Hearn and Graham DeLette or Brooke Henderson and Elena Sharp, who were representing Canada last time, I think until you've been there, you don't maybe understand exactly what, how, what an event it is. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I'm kind of with Adam on this, too. I think it is, I think we need to take a pause as a golf community and wait till COVID's over and another Olympics has transpired before we kind of make a call on this because I think a lot of the reasons why DJ isn't playing, I know he gave a bunch of reasons about time, travel, and priorities on his schedule, but to Bob's point, part about being in the Olympics is the fan experience and the experience of the Olympics. And I think the athlete experience this time around with COVID protocol and and tightening down for a multi-million dollar athlete is a big ask right Mm -hmm. now, is, is likely where we're at. Could be. Might be. All right, guys, on the other side, we will put a bow on today's show, get you caught up on all things GTC, including 20 weeks of TaylorMade Back Masters Week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Springtime is a lot like a Cadillac, spirited, vibrant, and you definitely know when it arrives. Put a little spring in your drive with the Cadillac XT4, XT5, or XT6. Visit Cadillac.ca. Your Cadillac is waiting. Cadillac, never stop arriving. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Speaking of Adidas Golf, I'm digging my golf hoodie. We're in the golf you. hoodie today. Look at you. Yeah, rocking the hoodie, right? Skulls, the hoodie's good, right? We, we had Looks, a vote. Oh, yeah. Hoodie works. Absolutely. All right, well, let's do some leaderboard updates brought to you by Bushnell Golf, the number one rangefinder in all of golf. Visit bushnellgolf.com for all the products, including Wingman, which is a popular. Speaking of going with the hoodie, the Bushnell Wingman, the speaker, oh, that yeah. gives you yardage you can also crank the tunes on. It tells you the yardage? Yeah, so you've, you've got this remote you put in your pocket, and you, it's a GPS function that you also download an app to your phone, and you can walk out to your ball, Bob, like 15 yards up. You press the button, and the wingman says one 150. 
Wow. Insane. It's like a caddy that doesn't I'm talk wait, back. Waiting for one that'll hit the shot for me. That's it. That's coming next. <laughs> On the European tour, the commercial bank Qatar Masters, Antoine Rosner with the one-shot victory there. It was really the only other tournament going on in the world of golf. Bryson DeChambeau goes into the Players' Championship with the FedEx Cup lead. He comes out of the Players' Championship with the FedEx Cup lead. JT now moves to second. Cantley in third. Hovland in fourth. And DJ holding on to the fifth spot. Uh, we didn't talk a lot of DJ today. I don't know how you feel about that, but uh, maybe we'll do that a little bit on TV this week because, uh, you know, was was one of the favorites, was one of the favorites as we head to Augusta, but things not looking great right now for Dustin Johnson. However, he has built a nice cushion in the official world golf ranking. He is still number one there. Two, Justin Thomas. Three, John Rahm. Four, Colin Morikawa. Fifth, Bryson DeChambeau. Justin Thomas, four, uh, wins the Players' Championship with a one-shot win over Lee Westwood. And a uh, two-shot win over Brian Harmon and Bryson DeChambeau. Only a few minutes left. Bob, uh, who's the favorite right now as we get to Augusta a, f- a few weeks away? Is it still DJ for you? Uh, it's starting to get less that way. I would have said yes before this week, but, um, boy, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, – my picks would be would be DJ or JT now, I think. I mean, he's got a good game. Still no Bryson? I'm not sold on him after last year. Still not Just sold. Not there. Uh, Scully, what's coming up this week on Golf Talk Canada Television? 1 o'clock, TSN 4 this Wednesday, the uh, premiere edition, and then, of course, the repeats. Lots coming up this week on Golf Talk, uh, Golf Talk Canada Television. We'll discuss Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas's win. We'll also look at Lee Westwood. He's had this great run. What does this mean for the European Tour or the European team's Ryder Cup team? Is Lee Westwood going to be on that team? We're also going to look at the Bear Trap, one of the great closing stretches on the PGA Tour. That's this week in the Honda Classic. But where does it compare overall in terms of other finishes on the PGA Tour? Plus, Mark, and you'll get to this: twenty weeks of TaylorMade. It's bigger and better in 2021. We'll have a little preview of that as well. Yeah, bigger and better in 2021. It's going to kick off Masters Week, April 8th. Uh, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Giving away over 20,000 in TaylorMade product over 20 weeks, including the grand prize, the Tour Experience. It's bigger and better. It's going to be a little different with uh, more ways to win uh, in 2021. We will get to that information in the next few weeks, but I'm looking forward to that. Scully, who's your Masters favorite right now? I know Bob's leaning uh, DJ and JT still. No Bryson for him. Who's your favorite right now at Augusta? If there is one, guys, we're still several weeks away. As long as Bryson doesn't experiment with 48-inch shafts and change things the night before the Masters, the way he's putting the ball, especially that round on Saturday, that was an unbelievable display of putting. What, 23 putts and 18 holes? He played played really well. I think it's got to be Bryson. The way DJ sort of teetered off here the last couple events after one of the most consistent stretches we've seen in the last 5-10 years in the PGA Tour, I'd say it's Bryson or Dustin Johnson. Yeah, uh, DJ, obviously, you know, he's still the number one player in the world. He's had a couple weeks in a slump, work out the driver. This is not a golf course that this this golf course can can bite anybody at any any time. I think I think DJ still obviously needs to be in the conversation, especially if he does something over the next few weeks before we get to Augusta. There's still lots of golf to go, but I'm with you, Scully, on the Bryson. He was my favorite going into Augusta last November. 
And he had a brain freeze on Tuesday, Wednesday. <laughs> like, you don't do those things a week of a major. 45-inch shafts to 48 in and out. Like, that is just insanity. I don't think we're going to get that insanity this April. I think we're going to get a guy counting his chews instead. <laughs> He's gonna, is he going to be able to beat Bernard Longer? That's the that's, that's a, Yeah, that's, yeah, the that's a big question. I think as long as he doesn't get in his own way and just goes and plays golf, he's going to have a chance to win. Does he win? That's a different question, right? You know, Bob, a lot of things have to happen. Putts have to fall. Bounces have to go we your way. We don't know what the weather's going to be like. Yeah, There's all but sorts of things. I'm with Adam. As long as he gets out of his own way, he'll have a chance. Thank you to Mark McCumber for joining us uh, this week on Golf Talk Canada, wrapping up the Players' Championship. Thank you to Lawrence Applebaum. Thank you for everyone who uh, follows us on social media, at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter, Instagram, and watching us this morning on TSN2 TV, as well as listening to us coast-to-coast on the TSN Radio Network, iHeartRadio app, TSN 1050 in Toronto. If you're listening to TSN 1050, iHeartRadio, Andy Patrill, Leafs Lunch, coming up next. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision in the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the all-new ZG21. Lightweight with zero compromise. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.